This is the Show Love Podcast, where we discuss life, meditation, and all things supernatural. You know, you got some heavy-duty angels. Observe your thoughts passing like clouds. Always like, well, they're going from left to right, and they're going from right to left. I think what a lot of people don't realize is these were practices of oppressed people, and they were used for survival. You may levitate. You may develop telekinesis. It's freedom. I felt that I was not able to feel my own energy anymore. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of like the virus. It's uh, one of those invisible things that happen to us on a daily basis. You're here to encourage other people. And that's what led me to meditation, because I I was like, I don't even know who I am right now. Any kind of practice you have, people who may do evil things with it. The concept of ancestors, you know, I love my grandma, you know? (laughs) You were giving too much to people who were not in the place to receive gracefully. Most people don't even know that that is a thing. So I was just thinking about you and you said, yeah, I know, I heard (laughs) you. This is the type of harvest that helps you get everything else in your life. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Show Love Podcast. My name is Show Love, and we are back. We are proud contributors to the evolution of man, woman, and everything in between and uh, and beyond. <laughs> All are welcome. So come on in and enjoy the show. Today we have a very, very special guest. I think she she's 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 what I would call like a bodhisattva. She's like, um, you know, the world, we don't deserve her, but she's here (laughs) to help the evolution of man and woman. And I absolutely adore this woman. Her name is Irene with, uh, healing with Irene, uh, com. And tell me your uh, last name, Irene, Irene. Ben Rickingham. Yes. (laughs) Ben Rickingham. And I want to just introduce you by letting people know sort of how we met. Do you want to let people know how we sort of came together? Yes, of course. That day was quite memorable. I I came to a remote location to be filmed for a documentary that's being created on behalf of the Hart children. Mm. So, who I was friends with that um, were murdered by their mother. Mm. Um, And Sho was a part of the production team. And the moment I met her, I was very curious, wow, who is this individual? (laughs) And then through the process of being interviewed for the documentary, I had mentioned uh, a really serious issue that happens in certain communities and really it happens all around the world and it happens for everyone. I think everyone's really capable of it and specifically even more so in the community that the children were a part of, which is something called spiritual bypassing. Right. And that's where Well you when you said that in the interview, I sort of stood up in my seat and your partner Allie can contest to this because we were sitting in the table in the room the next door the room next door and <laughs> and I was like clap air clapping and you oh, know <clears throat> like air yes. pumping with my fists. <laughs> like tell it you know, because I have experienced something similar. Um, not just with myself, but with you know, quote unquote, spiritual communities. Um, And we won't go too much into that documentary because it's still being produced and processed, but um, it was connected to a spiritual community, like this tragic event. um, There were a lot of spiritual people involved. They were part of this uh, community um, in uh, Oregon, correct? Yes, Oregon and Northern California, yeah. And I don't know much about that spiritual community. I mean, it was, uh, how would you describe it? Well, you know, I, I mean this with respect. These titles are are obviously limiting. So these people would consider themselves like bohemian, mm. uh, hippie, um, new age and, uh, you know, kind of on the fringe, like not non-conforming. Non-conforming. And, and a lot of that is a lot of the values and the 
the purpose in those ideas is so beautiful and valid and meaningful. And and there's a dark side. There's a dark side to everything. We're here on mm-hmm. Earth and we're human. The only thing that's truly pure is God. And <laughs> so we have to we have to be willing to look at the bad and the good. And that's the dark side in this community is that there's so much good vibes all the time, so much ideal of having only happiness be your reality that that no one in that community i shouldn't say no one but overall most people are are choosing not to look at their pain right and and that was how pretend like they're okay all the time sure and that was how people were able to overlook these sort of sinister and nefarious behaviors of yeah. these women that did this eventually did this tragic thing. Um, yeah. And I think we can um, translate that into our daily lives. You know, people who have this idea um, or these fantasies about what being spiritual and godlike and cross, you know, what that means and what that looked like. Like we can look over, like, <clears throat> and I've seen this in my own environment and how people, how easy it is for people to look over poor, bad behaviors of others um, and writing it off as, oh, were well, they're gods or I'm a god or um, you yeah. know, everyone's on their divine path and we don't have to all have to own our whatever, whatever. Just right. justifying narcissists and abusers yeah. Yeah. and pedophiles. I mean, if we want to go there. Um, but before yeah. we go there, <laughs> I want to just um, sort of, you know, you know, if people go to your website, www.healingwithirene.com, um, you have, uh, there's a description there, a self-healing expert and spiritual healer. And I am, you know, just so the audience knows that I received a Akashic Records reading from Irene, and maybe she, she'll be gracious enough to let tell us what that is <clears throat> in a little bit. But I was absolutely blown away. I don't, you normally let people into my energy like that because I have had vampires and all sorts of parasites um, cling, you know, and I attract them easily. So I don't um, allow too many people in my energy like that. You know, I I keep up some pretty hardcore boundaries and Irene, I mean, she just melted them, you know, she, she, you just melted them all away, but you're, you know, you're beautiful, uh, or your golden fuchsia light (laughs) and your host of angels that travel with you. Um, and I'm very grateful that you, you gave me the opportunity and trusted me. I'm very humble at all your kind words. And uh, it is my it is my highest and, and, and best offering that I can give to to let this service come through me with yeah. the Akashic because it's such a powerful tool to use. It so. is. It is. And I have experienced it. So... Um, but I want you to share with people because, you you know, we're all born here and we were born into certain situations and things and, and people, you know, a lot of people will take a hard life and they'll go, oh, you know, woe is me and have a pity party for the rest of life, which is fine. It's, you know, it's freedom. We get to choose to do that. Um, but then there's others who that take that experience and and there's a post-traumatic growth that happens and these supernatural gifts and abilities happen. And I think you're like a quintessential uh, example of what that looks like because you, you started out as like with a pretty, uh, you know, uh, rough hand, correct? Yeah. My, my childhood was, was absolutely catastrophic. My, my mother was an ex prostitute who was raised in the projects of Detroit, who ended up in the New York State Penitentiary and in solitary confinement. And my father was a serious heroin addict. And they met and got married a week later and had my sister and I. My sister is five years older than me. And when my mom was pregnant with me, they got a divorce and... My childhood is like something I look back on 
And it's amazing to me. It's amazing. The amount of healing is possible in life. How far an individual can come when they put their healing first. Mm. Because the amount of abuse and neglect that I was subject to was, again, catastrophic. And, and, how, and how did that and so Go ahead. Sorry. My journey has really started with healing myself. That's where my whole focus you know, came into like a clear, like, this is what I need to do. This is the direction I need to go. There's no other way. For and me. how, Nothing and how did you get to that point? And what did it, what did it look like to you? What did that, what did that point look like to you? Like, what was that rock bottom point? You know, for me, it was a rock bottom point, right? So what did that look like for you? You know, amazingly, it was a, a turn of a really few incredible events uh, I was 20 years old. I was working at a diner, a 24-hour diner in Oroville, California, and I was working the graveyard shift, and it was about 3 in the morning, and it was just the cook and I, and this odd character, this fellow, came in, and all he had was his wallet and his cane. His wallet was in his pocket, and he was walking with a cane. He was probably, like, middle-aged, um, and... He sat down and he asked for a cup of coffee. And as I was pouring his coffee, he said, can I ask you a personal question? And I was like, oh, God, what is this guy going to ask me? <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, I guess so. And he was like, is this what you want to do with your life? And I was like, mm. I'm 20 years old. I'm sure there's more than working at a diner for me. Um, he goes, okay, great. He's like, can I ask you another question? And I said, okay, since that one wasn't so bad. He said, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And without thinking, without even giving it one moment of thought, the word massage therapy flew out of my mouth. Mm. And the reason for that was because when I was four years old, my mom had some really serious back surgeries and she was in a lot of pain. And so she would ask me to massage her feet to help her back pain. And I was always amazed that I could help her pain mm -hmm. in her back by touching her feet. Mm -hmm. And that was the first when I was four years old. That was the first time that I really got introduced to healing power. At four. I was so curious about that. And mm -hmm. I massaged all my life ever since then. And so I was like, it was a shoe-in just to say massage therapy at that moment with a fellow in the diner. And he, and he says, oh, my God, that's so weird. And I was like, that's not weird. Why is that weird? And he said, because I just happen to have this pamphlet for a local <laughs> massage school. In no way. And no. I was like, what? And he didn't have like a briefcase or a backpack. He had a pamphlet in his back pocket <laughs> and it for the local massage school. And he handed it to me. And he was like, I'm pretty sure Amazing. that this is meant for you. And yeah. I was like, whoa, this is super weird. It's 3 a.m. Like, yeah, what's totally. Going on right now? And <laughs> He said that a friend of his went to that school and she had rave reviews about it changed her life forever. So I went the next day and registered because I was in a place in my life. I was really like, God, if you're real, like show mm, me this mm -hmm. Christian thing that I've been shown has not come through for me. I've just been feeling always inferior and never enough and not sure if I'm going to get into heaven and so mm. afraid that I'm a sinner. I, I can't be Christian. It's just crushing my soul. If you're real, show me who you are. And I was praying this prayer. And then this event happened with the fellow in the diner. So then when I went to the first class um, through the massage therapy school, my instructor, his name is Daniel Siebert, and the school was the alternative, the school of alternative health care, which is now closed. He's retired. But um, he said, the first thing he said to the class was, I'm going to teach you how to heal yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, because you can't help other people heal until you've healed yourself. And if I don't see you growing through this course, I will not pass you. Mm. And I just, my tears just started pouring from my eyes. And I was like, Oh my God, this is God. This is my answer. Like this fellow found me in a diner at three in the morning. And I'm led to this place where someone's saying, I can give you tools to heal yourself. And I, and I just, 
glommed on and took everything that he offered and he taught like neurolinguistic programming. It was, there was so much in that class, breath work, way more that went, went so far beyond massage therapy. And it started me on my path to healing myself. And sure. it was, it was a, a quintessential, like, like history bifurcated down a, a whole new avenue in my life because of that event. And so that's really where it all started. That's amazing. Yeah. That is an amazing story. So you are, so you're here now, Healing with Irene, uh-huh. and you're doing, reading Akashic Records, you're doing massages, yeah. you're hypno, what, what, what other services do you have? Certified hypnotherapist. I do interdimensional vocal toning which shamanic that word is very tender to me because I have great reverence for other cultures I am a white woman Mm -hmm. so I don't claim it to be shamanic but other people have termed it that who have received it they said it felt like it was a shamanic healing to them um I do feel very comfortable with traveling through dimensions due to the fact that I I was diagnosed with a disassociative disorder from all the trauma I had endured as a child. And so I was living in the ethers for so many years Mm. that it made it so easy for me to kind of reach out and transcend this third dimension and be able to help people from those, from those places. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, you sure did reach my third dimension or whatever dimension. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where my Akashic records are kept, but (laughs) You reached down so deep in my acacias. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you know that's that's everything to me. That's my whole life's work. I yeah. felt seen. I felt seen. All my hopes and dreams and desires and <clears throat> successes and failures, yeah. lessons. Thank you for sharing that. Cheryl. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend it. And it's a humbling thing to be seen like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty remarkable to have that gift in the first place to be seen. I mean, I remember the first minute, the first moment you saw me, you were like, who? You were like, um, are you a healer? (laughs) I feel some energy. I feel some type of energy off of you. And I knew you weren't, you weren't trying to get into my space too much, you know, because you are, you know, that self-aware. Um, but I was like, oh. Well, I, I felt your boundaries, and I respect boundaries. Boundaries oh. are everything to me after what I've lived through. I have, you know, had spent years learning yes. what boundaries are and how to have them. Indeed. And when I sense someone else's, I'm like, oh, that is holy to me. That is sacred and holy. And uh, I have nothing but reverence for boundaries. Indeed. Um, and, that, and then the other thing about healing the disassociative disorder and coming into the the awareness of what was actually in my body that I had been trying, I was trying to escape all of that time by being disassociated. And let me clarify what disassociation is for for listeners who aren't aware. Like if you were in a jungle and a tiger was chasing you and was going to jump out and eat you in that moment, you would check out. It's a beautiful survival mechanism that has come out of human evolution Mm. that we don't have to be present in times of terrible trauma. Right. So, you know, you wouldn't have to actually experience the tiger eating you. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. I know. Amen. Just check out. Just like, see ya. Right. (laughs) See ya, buddy. (laughs) There's this work that comes after, hopefully, you know, Obviously, if the tiger ate you, you wouldn't get the chance to do that. But in other situations where we're not killed, mm-hmm. um, we do instead um, have the the opportunity to process what's left in our tissues, and the, and that's right. associated to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We associate what's 
what the trauma is that's there. And we deal with it in bits and pieces as we can, as we heal in time. And then, you know, we, we move out of it and we, we come out of the trauma and then we're more, more integrated and whole with ourselves. And usually there's a greater lesson in it for us anyway. That seems to be the purpose why we went through it at all. Uh, but the problem with a dissociative disorder is that when you're faced with so much trauma consistently, you don't ever get the opportunity to come back into your body and process the trauma that you had been subjected. And so then there's this um, issue that you're just never in your body. And that's what was the case for me for 28 years. Uh, from the time I was an infant, because my mother thought for some reason it was better not to hold me, mm. especially when I was crying. <clears throat> she would put me down. She said she wanted to let me cry it out on my own. And I believe that's associated because she went through an extremely traumatic life herself. Mm. And, um, and now she's just have to say this, just to share again, what kind of tremendous healing as possible. My mother is a totally changed individual. She's my best friend now. She's nice. the most woman. She's full of love and she's gentle and sweet and kind. She's nothing like she was when I was a child. She owned every bit of her uh, rage and um, and has admitted all of her faults mm. and has thought to better herself and she has come so far and I couldn't be more proud of her. And So that's been a part of my healing as well that my mother wanted to do better eventually. And, and we both learned how to process our, our, our feelings and not disassociate. And in healing the disassociative disorder, I also learned how to stay present with the emotions that I was feeling and the boundaries that I felt in my tissues instead of spiritual bypassing. I did my own spiritual bypassing when I was going to the festivals and dancing with the heart kids, I wasn't really present in those times. Mm. I was hurting. I still had a lot of work to do. And, and there was no um, way that I could have been clued in enough to witness, like, there's something off about these kids. Because sure. I wasn't facing my own pain. Right. So that's why spiritual bypassing is so dangerous. When we don't honor our pain and we don't learn the lessons that it has to teach us, which is really what it is, it's just information, um, then we aren't, we aren't able to be present for others. Right. 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 Be present for yourself before you can be present for others. And so... And that's what makes a good healer. You know what I mean? Someone who has deal, dealt with enough pain to be in their body enough to be present. Right. Presence is the the biggest healer for me. Someone to be present with you in your pain. That's really all it takes, I think. Because really. that's really all it takes because they're, they're holding the space, right? Uh, sure. Space of um, a healing a frequency of healing because they're sitting there wanting you to be better, to, you know, with the thoughts of healing and creating this space uh, of non-judgment of where you are in your pain <laughs> or wherever you are, right? Yeah. And for someone to just be with you in your pain without judgment and to be present, to not want to run, to not freeze up, right? to not want to fight it, to just say, oh, right. get over it, or oh, you know, suck it up, or, you know. Right. Or deny it in any All way. of those are bypasses. All of those are spiritual bypasses. Yeah, that's right. Amen, show. So all the different ways that we can spiritual bypass is something that we I think is important right now for us to really point them out. Like you had just said, and more directly, like, if you are running, if you are denying, if you are playing them down, if you are ignoring, if you are just repressing them, pushing them away. Mm. Like that's all the opposite of facing them. Right. Yes. And so when we don't face the pain, we spiritual bypass. And when we spiritual bypass, what we're doing is literally opening doors for others to hurt us more. Mm. One thing that I've learned after a really 
really traumatic event. Not only was I emotionally, mentally, and physically abused, but also sexually abused, um, was that because I was made a victim sexually, that it made it easier for, for predators to find me and victimize me again. Indeed. And so in the journey of healing that, I had the opportunity, and that is a great way to look at it, the opportunity to face what was there originally that allowed me to be victimized at all. And it really started with my own innocence. I was a baby. So when we look at what we're, spe- what we're checking out and, and, and disassociating from and spiritual bypassing from, is really what we're doing is we're ignoring our own innocence. And that's what it all comes back to. And so then when we're not innocent, when we don't know that we're innocent and we're ignorant of our innocence, then we are made to be vulnerable to attacks from people who may be narcissistic or who have personality disorders or who are just angry and are looking for someone to take it out on or, you know, have some sort of illness. Then, and then because we're not aware of our innocence, when we're in our innocence, when we're fully aware of our innocence, we're able to know how to take care of ourselves and protect ourselves. When we let go of trying to face what's keeping us from our innocence, which is the pain, then we make ourselves vulnerable for others to add to our pain. So it's like, not only can we not be present for other people when we're disassociated and spiritual bypassing, but we're also making it possible for other people to hurt us further. When, when, you're, when you're healed, you're aware of your innocence and you're safe. And mm. to be innocent is to be truly safe on all levels as you are. Indeed. And when you're there, you have boundaries. They're present. Other people notice them. And if they don't respect them, you know how to take care of yourself and say, no, I will not allow someone to cross my boundaries. Mm. And you know how to take care of yourself. And so when you're spiritual bypassing instead, your boundaries are not there. Indeed. And... And your innocence is not, you're not aware of your own innocence and you feel like you're worthy of nothing good and you instead are allowing people to come in and hurt you. Indeed. Um, And and being aware of your own boundaries, you know, respecting, it helps you to respect other people's boundaries and people who don't have boundaries, it's hard for them to respect other people's boundaries. Exactly. People who have been made to be victims. Mm Mm-hmm are the ones that victimize, mm-hmm. right? Hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Yep. And and this is why there's such a big push, I believe, on the planet of healing and uh, resolution and a lot of hurt. You know, all the Black Lives Matter, all the people talking about reparations and all the, you know, um, indigenous folks, um, their voices are on the rise and it's all of that hurt that's coming, you know, roosters coming home, uh, chickens coming home to roost, you know. Um, it has to be dealt with eventually, whether it's just this generation or the next generation or the generation after that. I mean, what we're really talking about when you were speaking about your mother and how she's turned, you know, completely 180, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're talking about is breaking generational curses breaking breaking those patterns breaking those unhealthy generational patterns and we have unhealthy social patterns that we're starting to break you know unhealthy social patterns that reached for hundreds of years that were just overlooking allowed and we're just now coming into the light of all those things those things would be the you know they and it's not pretty and people it makes people uncomfortable and healing's uncomfortable you know comfortable it's <laughs> so uncomfortable yeah. You have to be willing to have a hard conversation. And, and the conversation isn't really hard. You know, I had a, uh, I had an old friend tell me, he was like, oh, you know, show you're really good at having hard conversations. And I was like, no, it's just that I want to avoid what comes by not having the hard conversations. 
Because Joe, you are aware your 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 intelligence tells you that the consequence of not having the difficult conversation is going to be more painful. Indeed. Than being uncomfortable with Indeed. the Indeed. I'd rather get rid of it now, cut the devil head off, and get, just talk it. You know? <laughs> yes. But that came after many, many years of experiencing other and running yep. and, and fighting and and uh, freezing. You know, all of those <laughs> survival things. That- well, that's, that's natural. You know, we, ha- we have to go through. I, I love the analogy where the train is on its track. And it's going to keep going down that same track, doing that same thing that doesn't work until it burns itself out. Mm. And we are, we are not ready for our healing until we're truly burnt out on doing what doesn't work. Rock we bottom. have to get to that point because yep. we still get these little ego juices. We still get these the underpinnings of the human ego gets these little juices from our suffering. Mm. And and those juices satisfy something inside of us that feels separate from God to make it okay. Our suffering makes it okay for us to be separate from God because at least we're hurting in the process. It's it's really kind of a sick cycle, but it, it, there's a reason why we do it. And until we get to that point where we're just burnt, we're done. We can't keep can't do it. Anymore. I know. We're sick and tired of ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, then we're finally like, okay, I'm ready to face the pain. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is, there There can't be judgment involved right. in someone who is not ready. You know, we do have to take our own time with it. So like what you said earlier, as far as the community is spiritual bypassing and, and people being like, oh, well, everybody's on their own divine path and everything. While there's truth to that, we all still need to hold each other accountable. Accountable. That's my favorite word of 2020. Okay. <laughs> accountability. Um, being being able to say, like, look, I realize. Because, you know, we plant seeds for each other. Saying, I, I really realize that what you're doing is something that you may need to feel like you're going to do again. But I want you to know, just right now, I'm just going to say to you, there's just another way. And those little seeds that get planted, that we plant for each other, because someone is doing the work around us. Someone does see clearly what needs to happen. Someone yeah. does feel their innocence and feels like they're able to tend to other people. Uh, that gives us all the opportunity to say, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow a new tree right now one day when I'm ready and mm. that, those seeds are there for us when we need them. So Indeed. it is important for us not to have judgment, but we also do need to keep each other, like I said, accountable. And it's all, you know, this is the human journey. It's quite a journey. I love it. It is a journey. Life is a journey. Amen. And we're here to just make the most of it and do our best. That's all we can. That's right. <laughs> just do your little, little best. <laughs> And, and that word you use, the bodhisattva, I'm like, oh my gosh, my life, I'm like, you're the sweetest woman alive, just do something so kind. I, I'm like, my life, every day, I wake up in my life as a journey, every day. I'm like, okay, what, what work can I, can I open? How can I dig deeper? What can I find? How can I find more of me? And I, and I'm never done. I'm never. I'm not ever ever a finished product. I'm always going to improve because it's like the thing. The thing about life that makes it, I believe, worth living at all, is that we always have the opportunity to find more love. Mm-hmm. There's always more love to find. So. Um, very humbled by that word and I at the same time understand that we are all the bodhisattva everyone inside the center no matter what they look like and, mm. and I know it's hard for the mind to really grasp that at times but when we can connect to that and we can see past all these veils of illusions of separation and just feel the connection that we all have to each other that's when we're really getting into some real healing and it can look like I have it right now and oh and now I don't I saw my my connection to all of humanity in this moment and oh and in this next moment I'm like dang I feel separate again and that's okay that's kind of how it's supposed to be if if we were meant to stay in the supreme state all the time then again we wouldn't be human Mm, indeed so we just got to be gentle with ourselves and remember that everything is a process and always love where we're at 
and trust that there's a greater divine plan happening for us in all moments and that we're where we need to be doing exactly what we need to be doing at exactly the right moment at all times, no matter what it looks like. And exactly. have people around us that support us in that. And because we cannot do this alone without people holding space for what we're, we're all do, supposed to do together, which is evolve, then it, it, it's really not, I mean, it kind of breaks my heart because I know there are people out there who want this and are trying. They don't have the support. They don't know where to find it. They don't know where to get it. They feel isolated. They just want to evolve. They just want to heal. They just want to grow. And to any anyone who may be listening that feels that way, you can reach out to me. Even if you don't want to receive my services, you can follow me on social media and you can just say hi to me if you feel like you need to connect somebody that might understand what you're going through. We are a community and we're, we need to build more community. And, and, that, and that's, it's funny right now with the way the things are happening, especially in 2020, how we're being shown what does not work and let people know how to contact you don't contact me contact Irene. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure what, what, uh, what's your social what's your social media contacts my i'm just irene underscore van rickingham on instagram okay and my last name it's crazy long. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, it's spelled V is in Victor, A is in Apple, N is in Nancy, R, Y, C is in Cat, K is in Kite, E is in Egg, G is in George, H, E is in Egg, and M as in Mary. Van Rickenham. It's crazy long. Um, <laughs> so Irene Van Rickenham, and, and that's that's pretty much where right now Instagram is where I'm focusing on my most most social media. My I do have a Healing with Irene page on facebook um but i haven't been giving so um better to reach on instagram okay. um, but so so i'm just saying like with community it's possible because the whole journey of coming to love is the learning of this is just all about understanding what it means to be honest and yes honesty is vulnerability Vulner- well i was gonna hit i was gonna touch on that word before we ended because that is really key you have to be willing to be vulnerable Absolutely. And be okay with others being vulnerable with you. Like, you know, if, if, if these are difficult tasks, I feel like this is part of being human and, and being a human being, um, that vulnerability um, is so important in healing and healing the planet in general of, you know, just getting into a position of, look, I don't know everything. I need help. Um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be, you know, in a position of, of, of needing support or wanting support. Um, it's okay. Oh my gosh. I have needed so much help in my life to come from where I came from, Mm. to feel myself whole and integrated and always still, of course, something that that's always going to be a work in progress, but, but to have a place where I I truly get intrinsically that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. That is the most key element and that people don't really necessarily recognize how unsafe most people feel. Mm-hmm. They're not really aware of how they're kind of guarded and they're in survival mechanisms and they're on uh, just, you know, the spiritual bypass and autopilot because it's, it's not, at all supported in our society. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere in our society that says inner work is what matters. It's all about fame and, and money, power, and status. And it, it, it has only to do with the surface level yeah. experience of life. It has nothing to do with what really truly matters that gives us soul satisfaction. And that's the only thing that actually brings us harmony mm-hmm. and real happiness is when our soul is satisfied. So that, that's, the, that's something money can't buy. That's right. S- true you satisfaction. Can, you know, <laughs> that's right. you can have so many people have money and they're just miserable, miserable because they don't know how to be vulnerable with their pain and say it again once, for the people in the back. <laughs> right? <laughs> One thing that's the, that, that's cornerstone 
like to what you were just saying, show about how you have to be, we have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself and vulnerable with others being vulnerable. What that takes is courage. Mm, say it again. Mm, courage, courage, courage. <laughs> coming from a true Leo, coming from a Leo, that's a lot. <laughs> right, right. Um, it's not easy for me either, even though I'm a Leo, it, but it's, it's there. Uh, yeah. Well, you're very courageous, girl. I hope you know that. You're like a poster child for sure. That's the only thing that I feel like I truly need. Just if I just have some courage, Mm -hmm. everything's going to work out. I just got to choose my courage every time. Mm. And everybody has courage. It's just if they're willing to, to accept that it's uncomfortable to choose it yeah. again there's that word uncomfortable it's not easy to have courage it doesn't feel like i'm not like oh yeah i'm some big badass i got courage no it's like okay i'm doing this and i'm scared but i'm being courageous because i know i have to it's the right thing oh my gosh and it doesn't feel easy or comfortable well a lot of times it's because the people around us have a problem with our courage you know like it can be coming from resistance can come from your environment Absolutely. If you start Absolutely. making moves and making changes that are bettering yourself, you know, that, that, that are making you better and making your life better, people can start resisting that. And that energy can affect how, you know, uh, fast or slow you go. And that's why it's important to have, like you said, a supportive people, a group of people, or, you know, even if it's just one, you know, even if you just got one person in your corner, even if one is enough. Yeah. One is enough. And if you don't have anybody, be it for yourself until somebody else shows up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And trust that that person will come in the right time. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. The, the best the best thing that we can do for ourselves is, no matter what the situation is, whether it's because someone's sick or because there's an accident or because we have, you know, poor politics or whatever it is the best thing that we can do is believe Mm. it's everything believing is the same thing as having courage you have to believe in yourself you have to believe that something's going to get better when you see someone sick the most effective way to help is to see them at their best every client that comes to me i'm seeing them as their whole integrated fully innocent self so that they can sense that oh this person is not going to hold me to where I'm at, Mm. but there's space here for me to grow with her. So whatever it is, even if it's you're alone and you don't have anyone to turn to to help you in your evolution, then you just see that person coming. You just see that. You just create the belief that it's coming. You have the power to believe. And that power to believe is the power of your imagination. Just imagining it. Um, Mm. I remember I was working with a client not long ago and she was really stuck on this one issue and I was trying to help her that she could help her understand she could just use her imagination to begin to see a different position that she could look at and look at the situation with and and have a different outcome potentially and she just couldn't be, she couldn't believe me that imagination could be so powerful that if she just imagined mm-hmm. it that it would help her mm-hmm. and fortunately through working with her and showing her because of my life I'm like well how do you think I got where I am like <laughs> I, I I had to imagine something better for myself it's very simple but it's it's really something that that people see who are stuck in their uh, minds you know because belief is not necessarily believing in something unseen isn't logical Mm -hmm. if you're stuck in your mind and you think that you know everything's so linear and it only comes from this very uh like granular experience then you're cutting yourself off from so much profound potential so in any moment when we feel stuck for whatever reason we just need to remember to use our imagination always we all have the power to ignite another potential to arise by imagining something greater for ourselves and always trusting that spirit creator god um universal love whatever you want to call it whatever deity whatever religion whatever it's all the source of life christ consciousness that's that's my that's what i go towards all the time christ consciousness um that those those energies are always brand new Mm. that's what they are they're the, they're 
always, they don't have a story. They're just brand new love, constantly brand new love, brand new love, brand new love. So when we can tap into our imagination with that brand new love, then we can heal ourselves from whatever the story, you know, the story wants to tell me, the story wants to tell me, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not in with the, the flow of the timelines that people live in. Like, uh, I'm 38 years old and I, I don't own a home. Like, you know, the story wants to tell me something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, this is not my, my creative love and my creative power is for one, telling me that externals don't make me happy for two, telling me that I need to be exactly where I'm at. And for three, saying that anything is possible. I literally own the house tomorrow. <laughs> anything is possible. And, and so it, it's not a matter of um, whether we can it's a matter only a matter of whether we choose and remembering that we have the choice and that's the freedom in in the whole creative okay. process amen and that's complete true freedom and and that's my go-to word freedom that's my um goal you know to always choose freedom what is that what does that amen. mean you know and the freedom to choose the freedom to choose whichever way um, whatever outcome, I mean, and in that there's a great responsibility because you, then you can't, you can't blame anybody, you know, you can't. And that's what I think a lot of people have issues with knowing how much power they have and knowing how much creativity and energy and, you know, that they have, and they could just tap into that source because then you can't complain, you know, then you can't blame, you can't be a victim then. Yes. You can't be, because when, you know, when you really accept that, oh, I have all this power, <laughs> you gotta, you, Amen. you gotta have to own you everything. Own you gotta own everything. You gotta hold. No, there's also the mind thing, you yeah. know, so we, we, we have to constantly remind ourselves. We have to be reminded. We have to constantly remember that because the mind is always wanting to take us out of our heart out of our truth, put us in a story, put us in a story. Someone, maybe your partner had maybe like a a moment where they were short with you. And then all of a sudden this story arises about, Oh, this is something that's just always there and it's never going to go away. And then you start to believe it, give it your energy. And then it's manifested again. And you have so many opportunities to be throughout every day to be a victim. Yeah. Because we we have the mind to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we're always going until we transcend the mind completely and transcend thinking completely and we're enlightened, which is very rare. And and God bless it. I pray that happens for everybody on earth right now. Mm. And including myself. Me too. <laughs> but in the journey of, of giving giving up that story, mm-hmm. saying, Oh no, I'm in a story. You have the right to be like, oops. I'm following a story. You don't have to just continue to follow it and and believe it just because you started to. You can be like, oh, and catch yourself. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm smarter right. than this. I can Correct. remember what's true for me, mm-hmm. which is love. Yeah. And that is brand new. And that doesn't actually know. Maybe my partner had some really valid reason that had nothing to do with me that, you know, made them have some, like, short interaction with me or something. Very very oftentimes, it rarely ever has to do with us. That's the other thing that's really important to remember. Mm. Uh, but it's it's generally all a, a journey of constantly coming back to source. And that is the, the beautiful, like you were just saying about owning your power, is that once you own it to a certain level, you start to know, like, no, I know I have the opportunity to go to my source now. I've done it so many times. Right. I know that I'm only creating my own suffering now. I know that I'm actually choosing this out of my own volition, and I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, you know, it can be difficult to, to admit that to yourself because you can feel really wrong at times. And, and, and the other thing that's really important to make notice or, or take attention to that it's not wrong to be like you mentioned it a little bit before, but I want to expound on that some because it's really important for people to understand that it is not wrong to be a victim. And of course, like you said, some people stay there, but that is the first thing that has to happen. We have to feel like 
there's something wrong in mm-hmm. order to understand that a boundary has been crossed. But the, right. the great thing is we don't have to stay there, but it's, but it's going to happen. You're going to feel like a victim, no matter how awake and aware you are, that pain, because we live on earth and this is the place where we learn lessons and we have the human condition with our egos and we're all walking around human. We're going to hurt each other. It's inevitable. Yeah. And, even if we have the best intentions and even if we don't hurt each other really badly, it's still, there's going to be some level of pain. Pain is a part of life and that's something that also needs to be accepted. Um, but that, that, that experience of being the victim in that moment when you get hurt is right. And it's important not to bypass it. Exactly. It's important it's- not to run, whether you're the offender or the receiver of the offense. Yes. Whichever side of the coin you're on, it's good to stand and face mm-hmm. your truth, the truth, and heal. Because there's one thing that I've noticed about myself that's been so easy for me as a person. One of my traps has been that I, I have been historically so good at beating myself up. Mm. And I had to learn in time, like, I'm not wrong for being hurt. It's not wrong that this hurt me. I'm not a bad person because I'm vulnerable and someone hurt me. Yeah. Eat myself up for the fact that I feel like a victim right now. I just got to work towards not remaining the victim. So that's another really important, so valuable that, that piece right there is to remember not to beat ourselves up for being human. right? Right. And then, and then in the journey of that creating community with other people, like you said, being vulnerable enough with yourself to be vulnerable with others who are being vulnerable, it's to know that when you're vulnerable with others in that way, that you're accepting that you're you're likely to be hurt. Mm. It's almost, That's okay. Yeah, it's right? almost inevitable. It's some, it's some form of fashion, whether it's intentional or not. Right. Just... Prepare yourself knowing that, you know, honoring your boundaries, honoring your truth and your worth, and not staying in that victim mode. Right. Exactly. Feeling feeling those emotions. Yeah. Feeling it. Say, oh, that's that's messed up. You just you just had me messed up. (laughs) Right. Problem with our society is that it's fully supported right like oh you're you've been victimized oh you're a victim oh oh you the the, our our society is purely insane (laughs) purely insane and for for anyone who's been wanting more than what society has to offer and hasn't necessarily known where to look i'm going to tell you right now go within yourself before you go seeking teachers, before you go seeking uh, self-help books, or maybe you have already been doing those things and hasn't really been cutting it for you, go within first. Mm. Always. Indeed. And trust your inner knowingness, your inner authority, your inner truth before anything else. Even if you meet an actual bodhisattva who is enlightened, <laughs> that is like, got, you know, the, the whole entire beautiful halo of light on their head shining forth before you i've never seen that before that would be really awesome um (laughs) and you want to sit down and take in every single thing that that person may have to share if they're even you just remember if anything ever doesn't quite feel right to you whatever you're receiving then that is your truth and your boundary, and that is your innocence speaking you to saying, no, that's not right for me, and and I don't have to take it. Indeed. And on that note, we're going to have to do a second show. We're going to have to have you back, Irene. I would love to come back. I have to come back. I want you to come back and do one of those hypno, what do you call it, hypnotherapy? Hypnotherapy. Yes, hypnotherapy is so powerful. Uh, it's I feel like hypnotherapy and Akashic Record readings are like, just, I, I've never found more powerful modalities out of, out of all the things that I've tried. Um, but the, the hypnotherapy specifically actually has been said that one session of hypnotherapy is equal to five years of talk therapy. What? Okay, well, we're going to do this. Yeah. And yes. we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to record it. So we'll have the listeners... Uh, 
okay. I'm so- <laughs> and talk about being vulnerable. I mean, I'm going to show all my right. wares. <laughs> that is brave. That is cur- that is courageous, and that is going to be rewarded. Who knows? I may Whether be a cross dresser deep down inside. Or- <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing about doing that too is that it gives everyone an opportunity to be like oh, like, this is possible for me as well. You know, I think a lot of people, they, I mean, I can remember myself back when I was suffering terribly in hell, just in hell every day, lost, totally lost, no center, no core, no self-worth whatsoever, just completely lost, Um, feeling totally worthless. I remember people, you know, they would talk about their healing. They would, I would, you know, because I was in that community. And I felt like that for a long time in that community. Not to go too much off on that topic again. But I was around those people a lot. And they all portrayed themselves as healed. And and, and this is the would, beloved community, correct? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah, the community. The, the quote-unquote beloved the one that we were talking about in the beginning with the hard kids, they're, you know, portraying themselves as being really healed. And, and I always felt like, because from the, that place of feeling so worthless, I always felt like, oh, that's too far. That's like, I won't ever reach that. That's out of my reach. Like, I won't ever be able to attain that. It's funny, ironically, because looking back, I'm like, they were just spiritual bypassing anyway, but they were really yeah. good at pretending like they were always like, you know, on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Nobody actually has all of their shit together. That's not going to happen. We're human. Yeah. Um, and so there's this feeling when, you, when you're really beginning that wants to tell you like, either you're, you're not capable or you're not worthy, but like with your offering show with that beautiful offering of saying here look this is what it looks like people can say it humanizes it people can say oh wow well if she had that session and that was her result and all it took was to reach out to Irene and ask for it maybe there is a potential that I myself can can find some help that I need it's really not as scary or as hard and the beautiful thing about hypnotherapy specifically is that you're for one, it's not being hypnotized. I want to make that very clear. I'm not going to make you cluck like a chicken. <laughs> Shucks. Um, you, are, you are being given all control. So you go into a trance state with an induction that I offer. And it just makes you go in this state, like kind of like when you're driving and you're on autopilot and you know where you're going because you've driven there so many times. Mm. And so you don't have to really think like, where am I going? So you don't have to be really like with your driving. You're just kind of doing it and you're really relaxed and you're just going in the car. It's a similar place, a trans place, but at the same time, you're fully aware of the process. You're awake to the process while you're also close to being asleep. You're awake enough to be in control. So if there was ever anything that made you feel uncomfortable or you just didn't want to continue with the session, you'd be like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. You could just sit up and wake up out of it. You have full control. And that's really important for people to understand the difference between being hypnotherapy and being hypnotized. Awesome. Well, we're going to do it on our next uh, time with you. Awesome. I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're one of my favorite people. Pleasure talking to you about all these wonderful basics and giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about my story, hoping that it can touch someone out there to give somebody a little, little bit of hope at least. Um, and also to be able to talk about what I do because I, uh, I just I really live for this. It's the culmination of everything that I've worked for all of my life coming out of the situation that I was handed. And in the whole time, I prayed to God. When I remember being a little girl, I remember being six years old and being in such terrible suffering. And I literally have the wherewithal to pray to God and be like, God, I pray that one day, because of what I'm going through, I can help someone else. Mm. And here I am with here this practice, and it's been so phenomenal to feel all of that prayer and witness all that prayer literally manifesting. So thank you so much, Joe, for giving the opportunity to continue to witness that prayer manifest. Thank you. Before we go, just let people know how they can contact you. Yes, uh, you can You can contact me on my website, which is www.healingwithirene.com 
Irene.com and my name is I-R-E-N-E healingwithirene.com and um, you can also find me on Instagram it's Irene underscore Van Rickingham and um, yeah you can also email me at healingwithirene at gmail.com and I really look forward to speaking with anyone giving free consultations anyone who wants to reach out I'm so happy to hear from you and looking forward to connecting yay I'm so so glad I'm so glad I found you we found each other (laughs) it's a a little a little silver lining in the the journey uh, that brought us together God's grace God's grace thank you my love give my love to Allie I'll talk to you okay. soon. Thank Have you. Great day. Thank you, everyone.